Welcome to the Living in Freedom Everyday Podcast, hosted by writer, speaker, teacher, minister, and soon-to-be doctor, Charity Miller. The Life Podcast is all about how to find freedom from the baggage and hangups in life that try to drag you down. Charity and her guests will discuss topics such as grief, marriage, friendships, ministry, community outreach, and so much more. Hi, my name is Mike. I'm Charity's husband, producer, and sometimes co-host. Right now, let me put my producer hat on and welcome to the microphone, my beautiful wife of almost 30 years, Charity Miller. Hi, welcome to the Living in Freedom Everyday Podcast. My name is Charity Miller. This is season one, episode four. On today's episode, we are discussing grief from losing a quote-unquote lifestyle. I am joined today by my producer and husband, Michael, and our sweet, sweet friend, Ashley Goucher. Sit back, lean in, and let's walk out this life together. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to discuss um, uh, loss of lifestyle. And when we talk about loss of lifestyle, we're talking mainly about um, the way that we live. So everyone has this, you know, white picket fence moment in their life where they think this is how my life is going to be when I grow up and and become an adult and I'm able to make my money and live out my dreams the way I want to. Um I asked Ashley here to give us her testimony because she's had kind of two different types of loss of lifestyle. And so um, I want to welcome in Ashley and ask her to introduce herself. Hi, I'm Ashley Goucher. (laughs) She's a little nervous. It's okay. It's just us, Ashley. Uh, Just them. Just us. (laughs) Okay. My name is Ashley Goucher. I'm 31 years old. Um, I'm really grateful to be here with everyone, not just you guys, (laughs) anyone that's listening. And um, so currently, I just almost six months ago became a first-time homebuyer. Ooh. I know. That's a lot. I'm not sure if I'm regretting it yet. (laughs) I just want to call someone to fix my toilet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that would be a plumber, and that Mm -hmm. costs money. (laughs) Yep. Uh, my husband can fix it, right? Blake? Yes. Blake. <laughs> so I got married October 29th, uh, 2021. Um, originally, I was proposed to on June 1st of 2020 and thought, oh, I can plan a wedding in the middle of a pandemic. It was too stressful. So I ended up asking if we could postpone it a year and I could really tell like that that was God's will for me because every roadblock imaginable happened when trying to plan a wedding. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm not very good at planning. I'm very just spur of the moment. We'll figure it out once we take the steps. <laughs> well, you kind of said when I said, I'll send you the outline of what we're talking about. You said, oh, I'll just wing it. I'm as close as I can get. <laughs> So I figured you weren't very, very good at planning ahead of time. I, I'm not good at planning. Um, it's just, it's not something I like to do at all. I very much am just free spirit. Um, I think when, some for me personally, I think when things are planned, I'm not having as much fun. You know, the spontaneous, um, is that a word? Spontaneity. 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 That sounds good. Spontaneum, though, I like that. Yeah. 
can we can we copyright that? Sure, absolutely. Spontan- spontaneum. <laughs> okay, so um, talk a little bit about giving up your dreams and the lifestyle you thought you were going to have as a kid when your first portion of your life took effect. I'll let you tell what that is. So I guess growing up, um, we all kind of dream. I feel like you can always, for me personally, I feel like growing up and you're like, what's your dream job? Um, it was to be a vet. And I'm not really sure because I I don't like animals unless they're my animals. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> well, you like our Izzy. Yes, I do like Izzy because I, I've seen her every week, you know. I've, I've But sometimes I'm just like, that dog like is ugly. I don't understand. <laughs> Some people do have ugly dogs. I they mean, that's do. true. That's like ugly babies, you know, like. No, it's no, true. You're not supposed to no, say that. No, but it's true. Long. I mean, we're going to speak truth and, and and grace here on this show. Truth and life and and, and grace and give I, you grace. Yes, because I mean, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, look at our new baby." I was like, it "Looks like Winston Churchill." Looks like an like an alien. <laughs> so I understand this whole thing about dogs too. Yes, I mean, they're they're cute dogs, and then they're just. Mm. Yes, so <laughs> we're moving Back right to along. You. She wanted to be a vet. <laughs> Yes, so I wanted to be a vet. Um, I grew up, my mom, she broke her back when she was 25 years old. And so society, um, even herself, you know, labeled her um, handicapped moving forward, 25 and on. And back then, growing up, I did not understand that. But, you know, looking, looking back on it now, like just how much that can, like, mentally like you believe that that's you believe that's who you are and so growing up with a mom that's handicapped you know you look at her today you wouldn't be able to tell and then my dad that he's worked at Olive Garden I want to say over 30 years my dreams I guess I just didn't really have like really big dreams um when I got into college with a full academic scholarship I couldn't believe that because my whole life growing up, I thought I'm, I'm not smart. I was told I'm not smart, you know, and and now I look back on it and I see that like I, I wasn't I'm not book smart, but I'm very, very intelligent. <laughs> so you have to be book smart to get an academic scholarship. Well, That's it true. was. Well, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, so um, I grew up in Tennessee. So. <laughs> okay, well. well let's be yeah. honest, guys. <laughs> We've now offended Roll everyone time. listening from Tennessee, but it's okay. It's all right. No, I, I honestly don't know how I got that. <laughs> no, but um, so honestly, to talk about like, what was the question again? Why did you not complete your dreams? You, you answered it. <laughs> so, um, honestly, for me personally, I, I honestly have not been able to truly have dreams. I think growing up, um, it was one of those things that you just, you're going to go to school. You're, if you got into school, that's great. And I, when I started college, it was everybody, you didn't have to have your major figured out. You didn't have to have anything figured out. And I didn't really have anything like tangible. This is what I want to do. 
and sometimes like I will get jealous of like you know um, my husband uh, Blake Goucher he is a musician and he's a songwriter singer and he's he's unbelievably just naturally talented at this and I'm like why don't I have something that's just so visible so tangible like mm-hmm. that this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing this is my purpose so I never really had to to have grief about losing losing out on dreams but I am an addict and an alcoholic um my sobriety date is June 18, 2017. Woo-hoo! That's amazing. So as of this recording, in 18 days, by God's grace, I will have six years in recovery from drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And so the grief for me comes, I looked back on it and I was really, you know, praying about it. And it's... Grief of my childhood, grief of, you know, mourning my 20s, you know, uh, teenage years. Like, I started off um, this disease really growing in the silent, safe place of my own home that I didn't realize how much I was losing at that time. So, like, even, you know, going, just doing the normal things of high school and, you know, people probably want to say, oh, partying is normal for high school. But it's partying, but getting to school and striving, having ambition. Mm-hmm. And that didn't exist. Um, you know, when you have that addiction, <clears throat> you kind of can't, you can't think about anything else except um, achieving and feeling better. And so... I definitely, um, you know, missed out on so many, honestly, now looking at it, like so many opportunities that I could have had, even though they weren't necessarily maybe tangible because I'm still today trying to figure out who I am, but there, that's a lot of years that you could have continued growing, continued even really seeking God because I had no idea who God was six years ago and that he even, uh, had a purpose for me and made me, you know, just the way he wanted me to be. Yeah. 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 So because we know your story now, she's blushing because she's finished and she's like, I don't know where to go now. Um, you also, so you lost your lifestyle because of the addiction you were able, you had to give up a lot of things, your child being one of them. Um, and you, of course, didn't have a husband at that point in time, correct? You met Blake in the program, correct? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so let me so let me interject here because we we keep uh, I think for people listening, um, and that's one thing we want to try to do is to invite you kind of in and uh, and not everybody knows when we say in program what that means. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was about to explain that, yeah, but yes, yeah. go ahead. So Ashley and I both work at this place uh, based out of Southwest Florida, Naples, Florida, to be exact, called St. Matthew's House. Uh, I work in the media relations department of that, and Ashley actually came through our drug and alcohol recovery program. As well as her husband, Blake. As as well as her husband, Blake. Back in, you entered Justin's place when? I entered Justin's place November 1st of 2017, graduated in October of 2018. Yeah. And I mean, not, this isn't a commercial for, for St. Matthew's house, but I mean, just, um, you know, like it, it changed your life. 
So um, it really did. Yeah. I can still even six years later say that the year I, I spent in rehab, because that's really what it is, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. the best year of my life. Yeah. Um, it was I was with, I want to say, 25 women. I entered into those doors and they're all happy, smiling, hugging me, mm-hmm. saying, you're so glad I'm so glad you're here. And honestly, I was like, where's the exit? This is not for me. I don't get along with women. There's no way I'm going to be able to do a year. Yeah. You know, a year with with just like at the time, you know, you think like I'm going to jail. Like that's what it is. And, you know, they say in in Alcoholics Anonymous or, you know, fellowships, 12-step fellowships, they say like, you know, take it one day at a time. And sometimes, you know, with 25 women, you got to take it like one moment at a time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... Go ahead. I was just going to say, and, and this is something that I've, I've, I've always wanted to ask you, because, you know, I think sometimes when people think about, you know, drug and alcohol recovery programs, like in, in your case, you weren't court ordered there, correct? Yeah. So I wasn't court ordered. I right. actually, I ended up in jail mm-hmm. before getting, yeah. getting recovery. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up in jail. And for the first time, you know, a lot of times they'll offer you probation. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in there like, yeah, that this is not going to work. Like my disease had grown so much that I could, it was jail or freedom. Yeah. And I would pick up that drug every time. Yeah. I did not care. I couldn't stop. And so I wasn't court ordered and I, but I did spend um, about five months in jail. And the last, I just sat there in jail and I was in the recovery dorm Everyone is talking about like, I'm never, I'm never going to get high again. I'm never going to do drugs. And I sat there and was like, for the first time, I'm going to shut up because Mm. I lie to myself. I lie to everyone around me and Mm. and I'm just, I'm exhausted. And so about a month before release, I realized like I needed a concrete plan Mm -hmm. before I left those double doors where I was just going to find myself right back. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I was going to find myself right back on the, you know, the same path. And so um, I got from the chaplain an application for Justin's Place. It was Justin's Place Recovery Program mm-hmm. before Jill's Place for the women's side. And I, I applied and there was a waiting list. You know, the first time that I had applied for Justin's Place about six months prior, I got in and I was supposed to go in, I think, February 27th of 2017. And um, it was like, okay, well, there's a date that I'm about to go into this year-long program for the rest of my life. I'm going to I'm gonna be healed. So at that time, it was like, okay, well, I, I got to take care of myself till then. And um, I don't really remember it, but... At one point, my parents were watching TV, and they pause the TV because they hear one of the dogs have, like, a fur ball. And they're looking around for their dogs, and uh, all of a sudden, they're like, you know, I think it's coming from the the bathroom. And so my dad, the door is locked, so he's banging, he's trying to open it, and they finally get it open, and they, they break it open, and they find me you know, turning blue, purple, I don't know. And um, my dad proceeds to have to give me CPR because I had, um, I was overdosing. 
you know, I ended up getting Narcan in the ambulance, but, you know, they say, and it's such a people, it's such a thing to say is that like on the waiting list, that's the most dangerous time of getting sober and, you know, changing your life. And it really is true. There's just something about when you are, that obsession is so strong that, that you think, well, I have to stop forever as soon as I, I go. So, right. so that's definitely, you know, I was able to, I'm here today. Amen. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I ended up landing in jail, which was definitely God doing for me, like what I couldn't do for myself because it forced me, it forced me to be still and even just like dry, dry out. Yeah. And then I, um, I made it to the shelter, the homeless shelter. St. Matthew's house also has a homeless shelter. And my first meal there, I say this story all the time, but, um, I was like, this is a homeless shelter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And what's crazy is they've even remodeled it recently Mm -hmm. since then. So like, I couldn't believe that it was a shelter back then. Yeah. Now they're like at the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> well, what I was going to ask you is, is even when, even when you'd made that decision, you know, that, okay, I'm, I'm done with this and you got into recovery. I think sometimes people think that, okay, the moment you enter, into rec- recovery, you know, like it's just all rainbows and unicorns. Was there a time where you actually, cause this episode is about grieving a lifestyle did you actually mm-hmm. grieve or miss your former lifestyle at any point? Like, man, like I had so much fun when I was getting high. I had so much fun when I was getting drunk or whatever. Did you actually grieve the lifestyle as crazy as that sounds? There was definitely times and moments where I would grieve that lifestyle. But honestly, it was it would come out almost like subconsciously. Like you couldn't you couldn't you can't grieve that lifestyle. Yeah, like right, you're not, yeah. a, you're not supposed yeah, to do that. Right. Yeah. So, um, there would be sometimes where it would be even dreams. Um, or when there's like really bad days, when there's hard days and you just like, you're struggling, just not necessarily to like want to relapse, but just, you don't want to feel the emotions that you're feeling well, I have a solution that I would use, and that was that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to think about or feel anything, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing that I grieve. Was the um, coping mechanism being gone. Yeah. It was just so I knew I, I, mm-hmm. that, would, that would make me feel better. Mm-hmm. I knew it. <laughs> so um, moving on, you then get married and have a home, and your living in Naples, correct? And, or was it North Fort Myers? Where were you before the hurricane? So before the hurricane, I was living in Naples, Florida. Naples. And then September happens. September 28th, 2023, a little thing or a huge thing. A huge thing called Hurricane Ian hits our coast, destroys our beaches and our homes. And you and Blake were one of the victims of Hurricane Ian, correct? Yeah, so, how did, oh, man. How, how, did, <laughs> how, did, how did that, how did that change? Differ? Yeah, how did that change your life? Yeah. And wow. So to go from, like, 
us talking about like me grieving my childhood, you know, from being an addiction to then even grieving my addiction lifestyle to then you ask me like, how does that differ? Um, it's a big difference. So I was living in Naples, Florida and for the past, it was five years, but in recovery, I had been working really hard to build my life from the ground up. Mm-hmm. You know, I started in a sober living house, halfway house, some people call it. And then I moved into um, some, like a recovery community um, that's a part of St. Matthew's House, Justin's Village. And I was able to live there and kind of just continue to build my foundation, build my what my recovery it looks like. Um, and then... I got to a point where I, I actually had first last insecurity for a place in Naples, which Naples, if no one's familiar with that town, it's it's very expensive yes. to keep yeah. up with. Recent, <laughs> that is why we don't live there. Yeah, a recent statistic came out that said the average one bedroom apartment goes for twenty three hundred dollars a month. Good lord. Just to kind of give you a little bit of, you know, understanding of how expensive it is to live there. It's a very affluent community. It's where a lot of people retire to. Um, like Judge Judy. Yeah, well, lots of celebrities have a home there, yeah. Yep. I've I've heard that Naples, Florida is like uh heaven's waiting room. <laughs> That's a good way to explain it. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, so I got first last insecurity. So, okay, that was the biggest challenge was financially. Oh, but I am a recovering addict that has also broken the law a couple times. Mm-hmm. So the next challenge was finding a place that would actually approve somebody with a background, even if they've changed their life for the past five years. So I hit the ground running. I looked for places, got denied application after application. It's like, I don't, all the money is going to be used for applications at this point. (laughs) But, um, I continued to look and I started looking for, um, privately owned ones Mm -hmm. that didn't, weren't like a community or had HOAs because then they're more likely to hear me out. Right. And so I found, um, this young lady and I, I toured the house it looked it was beautiful I loved it it was like a townhouse and um she was like okay well here's the application I need application I need to do a credit check um I need references uh, pay stubs all the stuff and I said okay and so I went home and I filled all of it out I had it turned in for at the time my boyfriend but my husband now Blake for him and I I had everything turned in by the end of the day and she and I messaged her every every couple of days, and I said, you know, hey, how's it going? Have you been able to get, you know, you know, what do you think? And I think on it, and I and when I was doing the tour of the house, I said, I just want to be honest with you. You can go ahead and do a background check on me, but I'm just gonna tell you, like, that's who I was, and this is what I've been doing now for yeah. the past for three years. Awesome. And so, it got to a point where I honestly think. Me being honest wasn't the reason I got the place. It was the fact that I got everything to her to where she could move forward mm-hmm. with the application. I think a lot of other people kind of, here's this, here's that, my credit, mm-hmm. toothpaste, you know, I gave it all at once. And so I'm very much like that, like what I, I want, what I want. So I, 
I make sure to do the legwork that I mm-hmm. have to do. What's my responsibility? And so I work at St. Matthew's House's thrift stores. So I didn't have a problem getting furniture and stuff like that for the home. You still get furniture for your house. What? I said, you still get furniture for your house. Yeah. You put on Facebook the other day, your gorgeous lamp. <laughs> I know. I She's still like, do. I found one. I found one. I know. That is it. The, you guys would all be jealous of this lamp. Oh, yeah. It is like, it's a nice lamp. It's like uh, lamp. the jackpot of thrift store finds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I did get approved for the, the apartment and, you know, started, you know, building for the for my first time yeah. my home yeah. and what it looked like. And then Hurricane Ian. And it was so crazy. You know, it kept shifting. And I remember checking our phones, you know, every hour, every, every minute, you know, and it was, we didn't have to evacuate, you know, Naples was okay. It was hitting Fort Myers, I think Lee County Mm -hmm. at first. Right at our beach. Yeah. And then like last minute they said, you know, zone A is a mandatory evacuation. They said. It was like what, less than five hours before landfall that zone A got evacuated? Yeah. It was, it was really insane. And so at that time I was like, you know, well, they have, they have shelters that you can pet that are pet friendly. And we, we have these two, um, cats that are rescued that are just like our, my husband's pride and joy. I love them, <laughs> but they are really his pride and joy. <laughs> um, and so the only thing is that we needed, um, current vaccination records for our cats. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I'm not a very organized <laughs> or planning type of person. Yeah. So I did not have a grab bag for the hurricane. <laughs> you didn't have your go bag. Yeah. yeah. So now you have one, correct? No. We're in hurricane <laughs> season. You should probably do that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Maybe like a battery powered fan. Battery powered fan. That's probably one of the first things my husband will put in his grab bag. Listen, I'm not, (laughs) that's really, that's the one thing, like out of the whole experience, not having a fan was really hard. (laughs) It's, I mean, we live in Florida. It's, it's humid here. A fan is a necessity. Yes. I feel like, um, I would have handled a lot of it more gracefully with a fan, Mm -hmm. but, um, so the hurricane, we ended up choosing to stay because we didn't have the vaccine records and we just it was such a like i have a community i've spent Mm -hmm. the last five years building a community yeah i could have called upon any of them and they would have Mm -hmm. immediately had us come stay at their house with our cats and for some reason we just it was like that panic stricken you know fear yeah and um not wanting to be a burden on Mm -hmm. other people and so the hurricane When it hit, I can remember just going from one room to the other and just constantly telling my husband, who is from Kansas City, Missouri, that, like, we're supposed to be in the bathroom. Like, that's the safest place and that our cats need to be in there with us. I said, you know, like, if a window breaks or a tree branch falls, like, they're gone. They're gone forever. We're not finding them. And so at one point we sat in the bathroom with the with our two cats and he broke out his um guitar skills that we were talking about and we just honestly we started this he started singing praise and worship and 
there's there's moments that some of us can like think like that that was God mm-hmm. that was God, and um, I remember constantly having that anxiety like not even being able to catch my breath. You know, a window's gonna break any second, and when we were sitting in that that bathroom, like I couldn't hear I couldn't hear the wind I couldn't hear the rain, and God really did silence it. Mm-hmm. You know, as we just when we put our eyes on Him, like I couldn't hear it. So then it got to the point where I think Blake's fingers were bleeding because I wouldn't let him stop playing. Oh wow, <laughs> poor Blake. Well. You know, We're gonna what? need to get him a guitar pick, I think. <laughs> well, I think it was the like the top ones. Oh, the chords. But maybe a slider so, then. <laughs> so grieving with with like all that being said in my experiences, like you know, we I think FEMA deemed it uh, four feet. The, wow, four feet of water in your home. Yeah, and so. Like we lived in a townhouse, mm-hmm. so we were able to go to the upper level. And but it, it there was moments during that where we're like, is it gonna stop? Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and it just kept rising, huh? Yeah, and it's even hard. Like I struggled for those first few months, like even being able to talk about it mm-hmm. because who and I. That's what hurts me so much about um, pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and society like grief yeah what you consider grief Mm -hmm. because it got to a point where I wouldn't speak up because there's someone next to me that had it a lot worse yeah yeah you know survivor's guilt is a real thing it really is Mm -hmm. but even then it it got to a point where then there's one person next to me that had it worse that you know maybe lost one of their pets and or had to break their sliding glass door and mm-hmm. float to their roof and hang on to their roof for eight hours. like In the pouring rain and wind. In the pouring rain mm-hmm. and wind. Like, like, who am I to be upset that, you know, with what I went through? But then there's, a, on the other side of that, there's people like, I'm so tired of talking about Hurricane Ian. Mm-hmm. You know, like, come on. Like, it's been five, four months or two months eight or two months. weeks. Yeah. It's been eight months. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's what I do for a living. It's disaster relief. So, And they're like, I'm tired of talking about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, because you lost a tree tree branch, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for for a while there, it was like, you know, I got to a point where it's like, "Eh, I better not talk about it because I don't want to upset this person. Right. And so that's where when we finally realized, like, that we couldn't live in our home any anymore like that you know we had to find somewhere to stay I had realized that like my biggest fear that something that I truly experienced in active addiction was homelessness like that's what brought me to my rock bottom like it wasn't the drugs it wasn't the alcohol it was not having a safe place to put your head every night Mm -hmm. that that'll get you every time and so so both griefs are really just in What's the word I'm looking for? They both come to a head when you consider homelessness as the end, end all to both of them. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, I mean, you, you were afraid of being homeless. I mean, you, you were essentially homeless because you had to figure it out. Yeah. And so um, all those emotions come flooding back in. Yeah. 
Yes. And it's it's like one of those things where it's like we couldn't just go to a shelter once mm-hmm. again. We have two cats. And, yep. and you and, don't have records for them. And I don't have records for them. <laughs> Please don't ask if I have records right now. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently she does not have records now either. We're going to work on this. So our cats are indoor and they are anxiety filled <laughs> cats. So it's a struggle to take them anywhere. But so <laughs> I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> so um, with the two different types, actually three different types of grief that you've now talked about, your loss of your childhood because of decisions that you made, the loss of your lifestyle with your child, you know, early on, and then your now loss of your home due to Hurricane Ian, all of them essentially wrapped up. What grief or what... Um, were any of the three the same kind of pain as far as grief is concerned? So I think like, I want to say like the hurricane and walking through it. In reality, I think that that was the most painful because, you know, the first kind of grief, I was numbed by drugs. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel anything. And, you know, I didn't really have to, I didn't process that grief at all. Mm-hmm. And then the when I first got into recovery and had to kind of grieve my even addiction lifestyle, it was something where you you grieved it, but like the the pain that you actually went through mm-hmm. in active addiction was outweighed it a lot more. You know, mm-hmm. so the grief you just didn't you could walk through it because, you know, you were in recovery at that point, but you didn't have to, you just needed to process it and go, Mm -hmm. you know? But with the hurricane, it was like, I was sober. Like I didn't like, you know, have a hurricane party and Mm -hmm. not remember a thing. (laughs) Um, so it was, it was one of those things where it was really painful because, I was building my life from the ground up materialistically wise. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. We're going to keep rolling. I don't know if you guys know this, but we do have a teacher on the call. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't an English teacher, though. It was history. I can't spell or write. Thank goodness. Hence the reason it's taken me two years to write a book. Well, I appreciate you not. (laughs) I am not the one to ask for words. That would be him. Yes. That's no good. grammar police here. <laughs> but um yeah, so the hurricane was the most painful because um you know, things that I never thought was possible, like we talked about like losing um dreams like I started my addiction at such a young age that um having a home, owning a home mm-hmm. was not reality yeah. for me. And mm-hmm. like even when the hurricane hit, that wasn't a reality for me. But so, God but God. Yeah. Amen. So it's like one of those things where even just having a, you know, renting a place and having a lease on it, mm-hmm. like that was huge. And to like have all of that stripped from you in, in a day, it 12 hours. I don't know. It was, it was probably the hardest thing that I've had to go through. And then even like, so the next day, you know, it's like beautiful looking outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, what just happened? Yeah. So 
my neighbors next door who one there it's a father and a son and the the father's handicap um i think it's his legs are messed up they're like outside like cleaning up like cleaning up their garage cleaning up the debris and i was like what are they doing like that would like we need to go to therapy first before we even touch mm-hmm. this yard yeah. and like in all seriousness and then i remember um my best friend susan picking us up and we driving in this neighborhood and all the debris at the um end of the yard oh yeah at like 9 a.m mm-hmm. and i was just like like hardcore floridians will get up like yes the crack of dawn after a hurricane and start cleaning up and i'm like how like yeah. how how do you have the strength to go through a hurricane fill your house with water lose everything and then get up the next morning and clean up your yard and put it at the street yeah. it for it w- to sit for four months by the way but <laughs> yes. still <laughs> um yes exactly i was like wait where i'm trying to look for a hot meal right now not right. clean my yard <laughs> so um how did you if you got to give one piece of advice to someone who was experiencing grief over the loss of a lifestyle what would you say one piece of advice. Hmm. Uh, let me think about that. I think the the piece of advice I would give somebody, um, the the way that I was able to walk through the hurricane is, um, I had to get up, I had to brush myself off, but I had to seek. God, like I've never done before. Yeah. Like I had to dive deeper into him. Like there was moments where I would be praying and I'd say, you know, God, like I can't stay sober through this. Like I can't, Mm. I can't without you. And it wasn't that I was like struggling in, in the essence of a relapse, but it was, it was, it was grief. Mm -hmm. You know, I was walking through grief the loss of that and you know god had to to very loudly tell me like but what did, what did you not lose yeah that's good that's good yeah so i mean the advice that i would give is just you know if you have a relationship with god you know i i learned this through the hurricane is that it's so easy for us to praise god when everything's going good Mm-hmm. You know, thank you so much for that blessing. And then it's so easy for us to praise him or seek him even when it is absolutely out of our control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A hurricane. But in the middle, Storm. Yeah. when when our, when our we stub our toe and it hurts, you know, or break our arm even. Something, you know, maybe not even physically. Like, or sitting you know, at a red light when you're late. Yeah. It's like we forget, like... Did you, did you Where is not, he there? Yeah. yeah. Like why? Yeah. Why he he wants everything. He wants every part of you. And so for me, like that's this is helping me realize like I I don't need to just wait for the big and the the big stuff. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. even the middle. And I'm sure there were times when we talked about it, um, you know, in, in in episodes past, and that is, you know, I think sometimes the the thought is that, well, you know, if you're a good Christian, you know, you should never like question God. You should never get mad at God. 
But I'm sure you had those moments. You're like, God, like, like, really? Like, what are you doing here? Like, I mean, I was doing so good. I mean, were there those times where you, you were mad? You were angry? You were like, God, what's, what are you doing? Uh, yes, there's definitely were yeah, moments. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just moments like, you know, like, why? Mm-hmm. Why yeah. why do I need to put my footwork in yeah. if this when is when I already did it once, yeah. 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 Exactly. And it so it was it was definitely anger and just almost um lack of motivation at that point. Like, why bother? Yeah. And so So what got you out of that? I know you kinda of touched on it a second, but what, what pulled you out of those times where you were like mad and angry? Like, I don't have a house to go home to. Angry. So one of I'm the I'm homeless again. Since <laughs> this is not funny which is her trigger by the way yes so um actually so we ended up spending we're gonna rewind real quick so right after the hurricane we spent five days in miami so that's like two hours from where we from Mm -hmm. from naples something like that roughly and we had to travel back and forth every day oh and then my mom i was finally able to get a hold of her and she lives in lee county and we stayed, she let us come stay with her for about two months and, um, about the size of a queen size bed. Like that was our space. That was our personal space. That was our unwind after work space. Yeah. That wow. was, her, yes. So one thing that was like really hard and I had to get back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the back to the basics in my recovery, but also in my relationship with God, um, you know, I had to wake up and, and really seek him, <laughs> seek him in every moment. And what was really cool is I, I worked at the time in Naples still. So I had that hour, sometimes longer drive to work at, to and from. And so I would, you know, put on, um, a sermon, put on a podcast, like living in freedom, <laughs> 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 which, um, you guys, uh, launched it at like what? 8am. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I usually work at 830. Yeah. So I'm like slowly driving to make sure it lasts 30 <laughs> minutes. Awesome. <laughs> no, but, uh, so that's one of the things is this like just, um, feeding your soul, yeah. feeding your soul, good yeah. stuff, good yeah. soil. You know, you have to plant on good soil and yeah. good stuff, new yeah. nutrients. Yeah. I think one thing that's important is, you know, you have to own your grief. You don't have to let the grief own you, you know, and, and really, Absolutely. you know, because it's, it's easy. I mean, you know, I, I think mean, my co-host is becoming my host now. No, I'm just like, <laughs> I, that was like fresh revolution. Like yeah. I need a Hammond B3 sound. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Okay, sure. Anyway. <laughs> don't get too creative. Over but, there. but no, like, like, I mean, seriously, because again, it would have been, easy and even somewhat understandable. Most people have been like, well, you know, it's okay if you're depressed. And I'm sure you did go through times of depression and, 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 and you and still, anger yeah. And, and you probably still, and still do in, in ways. Although, although let's flip, she got the American dream. Out I was going to say, let's flip the script and end this on a happy note. Yep. So, so let's recap real quick. You, you had an you apartment. Got the husband. You got the husband. You're sober. <laughs> You guys were renting an apartment, so that was a first. I mean, you were like, when you were renting the apartment, you're like, we've arrived. 
Hurricane happens. Now you're homeless again. Now you're dealing with that. But that's not where the story ends. Finish it up. Um, so about a couple weeks or so after the hurricane, someone reached out to me and said, I got this great opportunity for you. And it wasn't a scam. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know yeah. those are yeah. out there. Uh-huh. Yes. So uh, her name is Glenda. Shout out to Glenda. She had um, known that I've been wanting to buy a house. But there was a lot of, um, what's the word, obstacles in my way. Yep. Red tape. Road blocks. Red tape. Yes. And so it was like one of those things where it's like, okay, well, now I know what's standing in my way. Okay. You know, one, you know, and I'll try to chip at it. And so she calls me about two weeks um, after the hurricane and says that they're offering a really good um, opportunity for first-time homebuyers and also natural disaster victims. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I'm, she might be able to get me into a house. And I said, what? Like, wow. Wow. And so at that, at that point Talk to me, friend, Yeah. <laughs> at that point, moving forward, I, she was like, it's, it's a lot. We're going to need a lot of stuff from you. And day after day, like that was consumed my life because it, I, in my, I've never bought a house before. So my thought process was if I put in my footwork, <laughs> that I can get into the house quicker. So I was... Doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, mortgage companies do not yeah, get in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, she would ask me for certain, you know, what did you, the most randomest stuff, like what I ate last week, I, she needed, like, uh, paperwork on, you know, what I had for dinner. And I was like, okay, I'll have it to you in an hour. And so I, I have everything she asked for. And uh, it still took two months yeah um but we now my blake and i we are homeowners and what's really cool about it is it really is not home renters home owners yes that's amazing and it's not near water right it's still technically in a flood zone but (laughs) that sucks i know i'm gonna be honest (laughs) with you nobody told me that like you should probably get a place not in a flood zone like they didn't mention that. Well, this is Florida. That would be hard to do. Well, I guess it's it's Lehigh. I guess uh, it can do it. No, Lehigh flooded in what Irma? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So, um, also we talked about like um, my daughter and I did lose custody of her through uh, my addiction, and so from the hurricane, I have been able to officially. I think last week we opened the case up. Mm-hmm. And they are very much involved in our lives now, but I'm getting, we're going to have custody of her. She's going to be able to come home um, soon, um, forever. Because God said you had to be a homeowner for that to happen. He did. And and she told me also that I had to be, that she didn't want to change schools. So I I had to get a place near her school. Where she was. Yep. Yep. And Naples wasn't it. Naples and Naples was not it. That's an amazing story. I mean, you think about it, just in our time, we've walked through, you know, your childhood. We've walked through your addiction. We walked through your recovery. We walked through you becoming a, you know, you having your first place of your own. That was taken away. Now you're a homeowner. I mean, look at yourself, Ashley. Look at yourself. Well, look at God. Actually, I said, look at yourself. Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. That's amazing. Now, um, 
honestly. And what's crazy is even just my recovery journey started with a children's storybook Bible. So wow. he, he, he shows up when I see the moment, the moment you see Kim, doesn't yeah. matter where you're at. And so. he'll use whatever's around. Mm-hmm. That's good. Pictures, <laughs> illustrations, illustrations, <laughs> pictures when you can't read cause you're not sober enough. So well, thank you very much, Ashley, for telling amazing. us your story. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I didn't think it would ever quit it. Well, we quit have clapping. It's not. They really enjoyed they it. Really they enjoyed did. It. Everybody That's really right. enjoyed your That's story. Right. <laughs> All right. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for our friends that are listening. Thank you for Ashley and her story and the way that you've come through her life. Father, thank you that you are who you are and that you do what you say you're going to do, Father God, and that you're continuing to walk with her. And we can't wait to see where her journey takes her next, Father. Father, thank you for the people who are listening. I ask that you bless them, Father, that if they are going through any kind of grief for anything that they've lost in their life, that is um, their lifestyle, the way that they live, the way that they they act. Father, I ask that you bless them, that you heal them, Father. And if they need us, that they reach out, Father, that if they need help, they know that they can touch us. They can get a hold of us to be able to touch you and the hem of your garment, Father. I thank you for all that you do, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Ways to connect. Yeah, so some of the ways you can connect with us uh, we're going to play something at the very end that will tell you all that. But first off, we'd just like to thank all you guys that have tuned in. First off, we really, really appreciate it. Share the podcast, like the podcast, leave us a review. That really does help us as well. Um, but also, we have a new feature as part of our website that's called voicemail. We would love to hear you guys. I know you're like, eh, I don't have a good voice. We'd love to hear you guys. So if you have thoughts, comments, you can just click on the voicemail portion of the website. Leave us a message up to 90 seconds. It's a really cool way for you to interact with us. Also, we, we covet your prayers, but we also cover your support. If you would like to support Life Ministries as well financially to help us to continue to spread the gospel and continue to let us uh, produce the podcast your book, also speaking engagements, you can do that simply by going to our main website, lifeministrieswfl.com. Down at the very bottom of the page, you can donate securely. We would appreciate it, and God will bless you for your generosity. Keep listening this season as we explore the different types of grief. Speak to some of those people who have experienced them. Learn how to heal with the help of the ultimate daddy, and in the process, live in freedom every day. Thank you for joining us for the Living in Freedom Everyday Podcast. We would love to hear from you. Let us know how we can pray for you. You can contact us directly from our website, lifeministriesswfl.com. That's lifeministriesswfl.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Find all of our social media links on our website. If you'd like to partner with Life Ministries and support us financially to assure that we can continue to spread the gospel via our podcast, books, and speaking engagements, simply click on the Donate button on the main page of our website, lifeministrieswfl.com. God bless you for your generosity. Now, until we join you again, remember that we're praying for you as together we learn to live in freedom every day.